Ezekiel, chapter 3, verse 3. He said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this scroll which I am giving you. Then I ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. I was eight years old. It was one Saturday morning around the kitchen table with me and my sisters. And my stepmom had just made a, a good, good amount of biscuits. And so I had my pile of biscuits on the plate. And I grabbed one of the biscuits. And these were the best. You opened them up. They were piping hot. And I said, hey, mom, can you get me the honey? My mom went over to a little cupboard. It's kind of that, that pressed particle board cupboard. Opened it up, and she reached behind all of her canned goods. She loved to can. She reached in the back, and she pulled out this mason jar. And she put it on the table in front of me. It was this strange, dark, it wasn't even amber. It was more brown. It had little particles in it, and it had this strange hexagonal shapes just floating through it, and I, what is that? And my mom said, honey. Like, that's, that's not honey. That's how the alien invasion begins, with that substance. I put that in my body, and it takes over the world. She said, honey. All right, so I unscrewed the top, took out my butter knife, dipped it in, picked up that biscuit, and then, of course, one of my sisters said, did you know that honey's just bee spit? <sighs> Why am I doing this? And so I took it, raised it, put it to my mouth. It was the weirdest, strangest, most awesome honey I'd ever tasted. There was nothing like it on earth. I don't even know what I had been eating before. What had I been ingesting? I learned later on that most honey you get at like Panera Bread or KFC or the little honey bear thing, two-thirds of it's just processed syrup. It's not even honey. This is honey. The Word of God and it's said over and over again in Scripture that it's not just honey. I, I want to push that a little more. It's like raw honey. It's like something you can just walk up to. You could pull it out, put it in a jar, and you can eat it right there. And I know a mistake that I tend to make as a communicator and as a, as a preacher is that here's the Word of God over here. And here's me, and, and I'm going to step in the middle, because this is the, the Da Vinci Code, and I, and I am the key. And if I don't process this and help you figure out what it is, you'll never understand the Word of God. So I'm like the food manufacturer that has put in two-thirds of processed syrup. Right? But here's the thing. This is the brilliant thing about God's Word. Thousands of years ago, prophets and poets... And, and teachers sat down and, inspired by the Spirit of God, gave us a message that stood on its own. So then you guys are like, well, then why am I here this morning listening to you? Well, so here's the deal. 
the preacher, what we do is really God's grace, right? God has ordained communicators to come up and help us process the word of God because thousands of years ago, theologically, philosophically, in so many different ways, it was different than us. So a communicator comes up and just helps us process it. But all he's doing is echoing a message that already stands on its own. In fact, there is, some people cannot have honey raw because there's pollen in it and it has to be taken out or they're going to have an allergic reaction. So it's the grace of God. But I think every once in a while, it's good just to remember that the word of God stands on its own. And that we as a faith community can just receive it. So this morning, I'm going to invoke an old tradition. You see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament that sometimes in worship services, they would just have a priest come up and open the Torah. And sometimes from just reading the Torah, people would come down, would would fall on their knees in repentance. So I really need you to do that this morning for me. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to just open the scriptures. And now, we're going to make it a little more interesting. We've got some visuals. We've got some music. In fact, James wrote the accompaniment music that will go along with this. Um, You know, it's just to kind of bring us into the text. And I will maybe add a little dramatic flair to the text. And at the end, um, I will sort the text out in a certain way. But the rule for me is I only say what's in the text. I only say what's in God's word. So go ahead and open your Bibles with me. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning, one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, a second day. And then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kinds with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, third day. 
Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. Now, he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was of he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank, rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask, Who are you? And he confessed, and he did not deny, but confessed, I, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And, and he said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he said, no. Then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now, They'd been sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize in water. But among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, he, John, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he, he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I didn't recognize him, 
But he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come, and you'll see. So they came where he was staying, and they stayed with him about that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day he purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold! An Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no conceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. 
When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the bad wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of his signs, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there a few days. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. And he made a scourge, scourge, <clears throat> scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign do you show us as, a, as your authority for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it took 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things that you do unless, unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How, how can a man be born when he is old? He, he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. But do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, You're the teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and yet you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven 
descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world in the beginning. For God so loved the world, he said, let there be light. For God so loved the world, he called called the dry land earth, and he brought forth vegetation and made the two great lights and the stars and let birds fly, the sea serpents that creeps on the ground and beasts of the earth, and made man in his own image. For God so loved the world, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. For God so loved the world, he said, follow me. For God so loved the world, he turned water into wine. For God so loved the world, he made a whip of three cords and drove them out of the temple. For God so loved the world. A man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus came to Jesus by night For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever might believe should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. For God so loved the world, and it was very good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as a faith community, we we walk up and we step up to your word. We open ourselves to it. These messages have, have, have been born for the last couple thousand years through the Bible. And we bow ourselves to your word and to your truth. And sometimes we don't under, understand it. Sometimes we don't comprehend it. Sometimes it's alien to us and it draws us to ask questions, to wonder, to think, to explore Sometimes when it's unprocessed, it doesn't make sense. And so we ask for the guidance of the Spirit, for the faith community to lift it up and to help us, and for us to open our hearts to the truth. We ask for your word. Speak to us. We want to hear you. In the name of your Son, amen.